Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion team. This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. Marshall left field deep, Bam going back, looking up, he will watch it fly! And 29 other MLB clubs. 2-2 pitch on Trout, and he blasts one. Way back! Goal for Yelich! Cody Bellinger hits one out. So he's your home run derby champion. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe. From spin rate to juiced balls to game-changing moments, we have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. Two more games against the Houston Astros before the Athletics will have the day off on Sunday. And boy, are they limping into this day off. This has been a huge, huge struggle for the green and gold. They have been outscored by the Houston Astros in five games, 41 to 11. They've been out homered this year, 16 to three. The A's are hitting just 170 for the season. Only the Cubs, 157, have been worse across the entire major leagues. The bullpen has been horrific. They led 2020 with a 2.72 ERA for the bullpen. So far, in these eight games, they're sporting a 6.21 ERA. Nothing is going right for the A's. Pitching, relief pitching, hitting, Defense, you name it, it's not going their way. And the Astros aren't going to lighten up. Astros are out to a great start. Houston is looking to match its best eight-game start in franchise history. Astros won seven of eight back in 1988. The Astros lead Major League Baseball with 15 home runs, a franchise record in the first seven games. The Astros have tied a franchise record by homering in each of their first seven games. You name it, in their lineup, they're red hot. Their first six hitters, Altuve's hitting 310, Brantley's hitting 538, Bregman's hitting 360, Jordan Alvarez is hitting 333, Gurriel hitting 346, and Correa hitting 321. And even though Kyle Tucker's only hitting 200, he's already got three home runs and nine RBIs. 
Their lineup is hot. Their lineup is stacked. And tonight, you got the breaking ball specialist going for the Astros and Lance McCullers Jr. And they win behind him. The Astros have won six of his last seven starts, and that includes the postseason. Sean Maniah has struggled. He got roughed up in his one outing against the Astros. 0-1 with a 9.64 ERA. It's not good. Everywhere you look, I mean, I can read you. Matt Chapman, 4 for 27. Elvis Andrus, 2 for 20. I mean, down the line, nobody's hitting. The highest batting average the A's have in their lineup tonight, after I just read you all those great batting averages, and someone would say batting average don't matter. Oh, batting average doesn't matter, huh? Well, look at the Astros lineup. Why are they smoking everybody? Because they got power and they hit for average. Mark Canna's hitting 233. Ramon Laureano, 263. Jed Lowry, 250. Matt Olson, 190. Matt Chapman, 148. Steven Piscotti, 250. Elvis Andrus is hitting .071. Your catcher tonight, Garcia's hitting .083. I mean, it's, it's just they don't hit home runs. They don't make a lot of contact. It's a mess. Roxy Bernstein's going to join us coming up here at 315. We'll see who his first game of the week he's going to have on ESPN on Saturday for ESPN Radio. And then the GM show, the David Force show, exclusively here on A's Cast Live, will be here at 3.30. Commander, I don't, I, I, I don't, know, I don't know what to say. It's just everything isn't working. I don't want to pile on here, but Kyle Tucker has the nine RBIs this year so far. The A's have 19 runs scored total. So Kyle Tucker almost has half the amount of runs driven in that the A's have scored all season. The A's also have the fifth lowest on-base percentage in baseball at a clip of 266, and they have the second lowest OPS in baseball at 526. Uh, you mentioned how bad the batting average is. Uh, they're very good with pinch hitting, though. They had two of those yesterday. They're four for nine this year in pinch hits. That's a 4.44 average. That's not bad. Uh, let's go to pitching. 7.13 team ERA, highest in baseball. Zero quality starts from their starters. 88 hits allowed, the most in baseball. 16 home runs allowed, the most in baseball. 35 walks, the most in baseball. A 2.98 opponent's batting average, second highest in baseball to only the Rays. And a 171 whip, the highest in Major League Baseball. So those are all things that need to be ironed out. I didn't even mention some of the some of the numbers that they have offensively. They've struck out 76 times. That's the fourth highest in Major League Baseball. The A's have always been a big strikeout team over the last few years. But you mentioned Lance McCullers pitching tonight. But but they hit home runs. Well, now they're striking out and not hitting home runs. Yeah, the A's if they don't hit home runs, they don't score. The A's they've, been out, they've been out homered 16-3. to 16-3. And the Astros... Whether they're a great home run hitting team or not, it's basically they've they've hammered they've hammered two pitching staffs. They've hammered the A's, they've hammered the Angels. They had three more home runs yesterday against the A's. The A's can't hit the ball over the wall, but their pitchers are giving it up up over the wall. And I want to say this is a great rivalry, right? Isn't that what we want to believe? 
It's not what we're seeing. Steve Sparks, the knuckleballer, former A, now Astros broadcaster, joined us on A's Cast Live, and we talked to him about the A's and the Astros rivalry. Yeah, you know, and there's a lot of players on the A's that used to be Astros and, and vice versa, and it just feels like, you know, they've had some dust-ups and they've had a lot of uh, comments uh, post-game that uh, have kind of riled the other team, and uh, there's, there's been a lot of hit-by-pitches, and it, sometimes you're scratching your head and you're wondering, was that on purpose or not? But it, it's made for a lot of drama, and that's what we need in the game. And I think it's fun. I think this rivalry is really good. Well, it's not a rivalry if you can't beat them. It's not a rivalry if they take you out in the postseason and then they follow up and beat you five straight. And these games aren't close. I mean, the A's were lucky to get the two last night. That came late in garbage time. That's like in an NBA game where a couple guys come down and bomb some threes late, and you go, well, they only lost by eight points, and really they were down 16 to 20 all game long. But chuck up a couple threes at the end when the team who's leading doesn't care, and next you know the game looks closer than it is. These games, Cody, have not been close. They haven't. They've been, the, the A's have been completely outmatched. I mean, Cole Irvin was doing pitching well. He's keeping the A's in the game last night, and then it just kind of all unraveled a little bit after he got taken out, but he pitched well enough to keep him in the game. The offense just isn't producing right now. Again, I mean, we can keep stressing that it's early because it is early. I mean, the Rays aren't scoring a lot of runs, but they're they're gonna be, they're looking for their third win, and it's going to be against the Yankees, who is their biggest rival right now. If you say the Astros are the A's biggest rival in the last, what, nine games they played, the Astros won eight of them. So since the AL, if you include the ALDS t- through now, what is it, eight out of nine the Astros have won, the four in the ALDS, and then the five games this year already? That's not good. So, actually, that'd be nine out of ten almost. So, it, it's not it's not going well right now. But you just have to have optimism to hope that, you know, since it's so early, they can bounce back. And, you know, Mitch Moreland's on the lineup tonight. Bob said he's dealing with a hamstring issue. He can pinch hit if needed. So, it's not like it, it doesn't look like he's going to go on the IL or anything like that. But that's just another guy that's, you know, hamstrung, no pun intended, uh, by an injury. But it's just so alarming to see all of these early injuries so far this season. And you mentioned Lance McCullers Jr. pitching tonight, the breaking ball specialist. I'm a little I'm a little concerned here because uh, not to stick up for our good friend Trevor Bauer, but uh, I'm looking at Lance McCullers' uh, spin rate and his uh, one start this year. All the numbers are up from last year. Are we going to take oh. his baseballs? Are we going to take his baseballs from tonight? Oh, are you accusing Lance McCullers Jr.? of having foreign substance somewhere on him that he's putting on the ball to increase his spin rate? He, is that what you're accusing? He's thrown 34 sinkers so far this year. His spin rate is 2,762 revolutions per you know per minute. You know, what it was, you know what it was last year? 2,072. It's gone up by 760. I know it's one start, but still it's gone up. Are we going to do- doctor, take his baseball and and have, uh, have Major League Baseball examine it like they're doing with Trevor Bauer. Wow, Trevor Bauer lover is a little sensitive today. A lot of people – I mean, this whole uh, – Trevor Bauer was pretty good on Twitter. He, he called Ke- uh, Ken Rosenthal a uh, – what do you call him? A, a, an internet gossiper or something like that? Or gossip blogger is what he called him. <laughs> a gossip blogger. <laughs> yeah, all the big do that Bauer against the A's, spin rates. But you're saying the spin rates are basically – well, they're, they're – 
yeah. if you say his spin rates are the same as last year, people were accusing him of doing it last year. Yeah, so like just for example, his forcing fastball, which he's thrown the most this year and the most he threw last year. Last year it was 2,776. This year, a whopping 2,779. It's gone up by three. Not 300, not 1,000. It's gone up by three. I mean, come on. Well, I mean, how do we how do we know what he's uh, – I mean, remember years ago he accused the Astros of doing something fishy with baseballs. Uh, this is after we found out that they were doing something fishy with sign stealing. But yeah, It was a loosey-goosey <laughs> era. It was a loosey-goosey era under Jeff Lunau and uh, A.J. Hinch, apparently. But, yeah, I mean, looking at all Bauer's numbers, his, none of his spin rates are really that much higher. I mean, his cutter has gone up like by about like 20 or so revolutions, but that's it. Like, it's not like it's a dramatic increase or decrease in anything. It's pretty much what, consistent. What are they going to do? Right, that's, Seriously, that, that's what the are they going to do? Suspend them? I mean, come on. You're going to suspend the highest paid player in baseball? You're gonna you're 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 gonna take the baseball and do what? Search for sunscreen? Yeah, come on. Here's I mean, what, seriously. Here's the quote from Dave Roberts. My understanding is that the umpires collect baseballs from pit, from all pitchers and balls that were in play to collect samples. I hope that our player is not singled out. That's the one thing I want to guard against. So I mean. This all, I mean, this all started – we saw this happen the other day when uh, it was on Twitter. We saw some people tw- – I think Vince is the one that said it, that they were taking a baseball, and then Ken Rosenthal had the piece in The Athletic yesterday about it. I mean, come on. I mean, I know you're trying to instrict and enforce it, but it goes back to your whole argument where we keep giving hitters all the, all the benefit and, and taking everything away from the pitchers to try to, get, to try to get a little bit better with their revolutions on their pitches. Come on. I mean, seriously, a lot of guys will use bullfrog – I don't know why bullfrog. Maybe because it's tacky. I I don't know. I've I haven't used bullfrog sunscreen. But what are you gonna do if you find sunscreen on the baseball? You're gonna tell a player you can't put sunscreen on. Uh, it was a day game. Sun was out. That's true. You're gonna tell players they can't wear sunscreen when he's trying to protect himself from skin cancer. I mean, seriously, what are they going to do? What I mean, what are they going to – okay, I, you, you, let's just say I was a lawyer. Well, we found some pine tar on the ball. Well, my catcher has pine tar on his hands from hitting, and he's throwing the ball back to me. That's how the pine tar got on there. What are they going to do? Oh, you're a liar. Prove it. Prove that I had anything on me. How are you going to prove it? You can't. You can't. So this whole thing, it's, I don't know, maybe they're trying to scare guys. Maybe they're, but I, what are you going to, what, if you find something on the ball, you can always say, hey, this baseball hit the bat and the bat had pine tar on it. There's want, so many things you can say. Do you want to hear what Trevor Bauer's exact two tweets were about it? It's actually kind of comical. LOL, laugh out loud for people to know what LOL means. LOL, always fun reading desperate and misleading clickbait headlines from national gossip bloggers. To translate fake journalism speak for y'all, it's unclear whether uh, equals, I can't be bothered to look into this because I don't, it doesn't fit my narrative. Wonder where the article is at. Wonder, wonder where the article is about balls from every other pitcher being taken out of play in literally every other game this season are. Also, LOL2 at MLB who already has sources talking to gossip bloggers about it supposedly Confidential process a week into the season. Thumbs up, y'all. Keep killing it. 
Yeah, what are you going to – I mean, you're not going to do anything to him. He's the highest paid player in baseball. Can you imagine if they tried to come out and suspend him? Um, I, I mean, mean, I mean, it's just it, – this whole – baseball is just the king of bad PR right now. They are just – there's just a lot of bad PR out there right now, and they need to get their act straight. And, 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 and singling out Trevor Bauer – it's just it, it's 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 not worth our time. It's not worth their time. Hello, Roxy. Hi, Chris Townsend. How are you? You haven't been putting sunscreen on the ball, have you? Uh, not today. I haven't. Today, I actually had a. I did a college baseball game already today for ESPN. Did you? Who'd you do? I did Sean Manaya's alma mater, the Fighting Sycamores of Indiana State, against uh, Illinois State. Missouri Valley on, Conference. That was on television? Yeah. It was first pitch 10 a.m. Pacific time this morning. You know, the manager of, or the manager, the head coach of Illinois State is uh, one-time giant and twin Steve Holm, the pride of Sacramento. Uh, and you know who the most prominent Illinois State alum currently in Major League Baseball is right now, don't you? Illinois State? You know, yeah. I tell you, I, I, I'm not up on my... Illinois State Athletics. How about Paul DeYoung of the St. Louis Cardinals? He went to Illinois State? He did. He did. How could they be any good in baseball? You know, it's actually a decent program. They made, the last time we had an NCAA tournament, uh, both teams that I had today made a regional final. The Missouri Valley had three teams that made regional finals with uh, Dallas Baptist, um, Indiana State, Illinois State, people are getting probably way too much Missouri Valley baseball knowledge right now. <laughs> You're editing yourself. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I was supposed to do Dallas Baptist against Missouri State, but Dallas Baptist had some COVID issues. So that, that, we got, that got postponed, and we flipped and did this game today instead. Well, let's be honest. Talking A's right now isn't easy. <laughs> well, we, we got – we, we did get some Luke Voigt talk in because he went to Missouri State. Um, we, I didn't, we didn't talk about Ben Zobrist at all because he's a Dallas Baptist Patriot, you know. So, But, yeah, it hasn't been exactly uh, a great start to the season. Remember, those, you know, when we played, you know, video games, you know, whether it was Nintendo, whatever we were playing, or PlayStation, and you didn't like the way a certain game or something started and you wanted to do over? Don't you feel like kind of hitting the do-over button for 2021 season I, right I, now? I would leap at that button right now. <laughs> I mean, seriously, it, 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 this is this is awful. Yeah. I mean, this isn't just like a couple bad losses. This is basically, other than one game, you're getting hammered every game. And, and I'm not sure quite what to make of it, to be honest with you. Um you know, like, for example, opening night, I thought the A's got some bad breaks that caused the margin to be a lot greater than it could have been. Um, and certainly the one game the A's won was in dramatic fashion against the Dodgers. But the unsettling thing is that they haven't been that close. And I think that is the troubling part of this. And you're trying to scratch your head going, okay, what the heck's going on? Why is this team struggling so much to start the year? 
Yeah, it, it's been really rough because there's there's not one aspect, Roxy, of their game that has been good. I mean, they're not hitting. They're not pitching. It's just it, it, everything is not working. And at the same time, you've gone up against two teams where everything is working. And that hasn't helped. And you also – I get the feeling, Chris, the guys are pressing a bit. Right, that all of a sudden they're trying to go up there and hit the three-run homer with nobody on. And I think that's that – there's some frustration right now, and they're trying to do too much. And the offense has just been inconsistent. The hits have not been there. And, but they face good pitching, right? I mean, Christian Javier was really good for his stint last night. And the bullpen, I thought, did a nice job up until the A's got a couple runs in the ninth inning. But you look at the Dodgers, you, 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 got up against, you went up against Bauer – you went up against Kershaw, and you went up, uh, you know, <laughs> against the, the highly thought of young prospect, Dustin May, who just lights up the radar gun. And there's something to be said for catching a team at the wrong time. And the Astros are locked in, and there's clearly some motivation from the Astros' perspective toward the A's. And we'll, we'll see how this plays out. But, you know, you get Shamanaya, hopefully give you a good start tonight and give you an opportunity to win a ball game. And, you could start feeling better about your situation and finally try to settle in, you know, after the series against Houston, then you're going to Arizona for a couple, but then the Tigers come in for four, which is winnable, you know, a very winnable series. Um, the schedule's not easy, but there are opportunities here for the A's. But the thing that the A's have to worry about, Chris, as you know, is just got to worry about themselves right now and just trying to find their rhythm instead of worrying about who they're going up against. Who do you got this weekend? I'm actually off this weekend because I had to get my game today. So I am off this weekend, um, which I'm, I'm more than okay with. <laughs> <laughs> well, when do you start game of the week? That's start, starting uh, May 1st. I'll have my next game of the week on ESPN Saturday, May 1st. Um, still don't know that matchup yet. The, the problem that's complicating things is that the evening schedule, for example, that day, because they're talking about doing a night game, isn't that appetizing. But the problem is that's the weekend of the NFL draft, which they're, we're carrying on ESPN radio as well. So I, I think that programming is having some issues about which game they're going to do that particular day. Because if you look at the schedule for uh, May 1st, there's not, I mean, they, like, for example, the evening games is what they're trying to choose from. I mean, the Angels and the, the Mariners really doesn't cut it. Neither do the Giants and the Padres. You could possibly see a 4 o'clock game, the Dodgers and Brewers might be an issue, or do they just try to get it out of the way early in the day and maybe do, I don't know, the, the Astros and the Rays? I'm not exactly sure what direction they're going to go in. I'm just – Indians, White Sox are that day. Could they go there? I, I, I'll wait and see and tell me what I got to do. Yeah, exactly. Hey, uh, this old Trevor Bauer thing. Are they uh, – okay, you take the baseballs. All right, what are you going to do? You're going to come back and try and suspend this guy? Well, it, it depends on what they find, right? Because there, there's observers who are around just to make sure when balls are in play, who specifically touched those baseballs. So if they, if they find something that Trevor Bauer actually there is a foreign substance, the ball's been doctored in any way, then they have to go back to the video to see, okay, who else possibly 
could have done this to the baseball besides Bauer? Who else touched it? And look, for example, Jim Crane comes out this morning, right? You, you saw his comments. Oh, Major League Baseball needs to act on this quickly. Jim Crane is the last guy that should be saying anything <laughs> at this point about somebody cheating in the game of baseball, right? You know, you got to know when to sit something out. And I think Jim Crane would be much better suited if he just kept his mouth shut and just worried about the Astros and not what Major League Baseball is going to do and their integrity. But, you know, from that standpoint, it certainly is alarming and concerning. And, and to my knowledge, Chris, and you were watching it also yesterday, I never saw the A's protest or motion for anything that they thought was fishy and something going on with Bauer. It seemed like it was the umpires, their initiative that called for to take a couple of Trevor Bauer's baseballs out of play, wondering if there was something going on with the baseball. Yeah, there's sunscreen on there. What are you going to do about it? I can't wear yeah. sunscreen I, for a day game. I can't wear sunscreen. That, that, and that's the thing. Look, yesterday was a bizarre day in baseball, right? You had that one. How about the way the Mets-Marlins game ended at City oh, Field? Is, is that the, that was so Bush League. That was terrible. I mean, and then after the game, you know, a pool reporter goes in to talk to the umpires, and they get the explanation that, you know, maybe <laughs> – Maybe we, we, we screwed that one up. You think? You think you didn't get that one right? And you know it's bad when the Mets TV broadcast, Keith Hernandez and Ron Darling, are just crushing the umpires when the Mets benefited from the ruling. And, and Gary Cohen as well was laying into the fact that the umpires just got it wrong. And... They need to be better than that. I understand that replay can't do that. But for, and for Ron Culpa behind the plate, you have to be on top of that. And how do you, it looked like to me, Chris, that Culpa was getting ready to call that pitch a strike, wasn't he? Yeah. Well, it ended up being a strike either way. It was a strike. Yeah. And clearly Conforto, look, I applaud a guy for trying to do some take one for the team and trying to win a ball game. But... This was beyond comprehensible. And if you're the Marlins, you've lost four in a row and you lose the game that way yesterday. Look, there's no guarantee they would have won it, right? You're looking at a situation where the opportunity for them to win the game was taken away. No guarantee they were going to win it. But you just, you hate to see a team lose in that manner. And we have to have replay make sense. That play should be reviewable, at least to me, because it's clear evidence that Conforto leaned in over the plate, got hit with a pitch that was going into the strike zone. Okay, if Culpa missed it and the rest of the umpiring crew missed it, that should be something that falls under the guidelines of being reviewable because everybody else clearly saw what they missed. Well, and the thing that, you know, I tell Cody all the time, I say replay is not the problem. The technology is not the problem. It's the human beings using the technology. That's the problem. Yeah. And I know a lot of times they're reluctant to go against what the call in the field is just because it's their brethren. Right. And they don't want to show up the people that they work with. But there has to be some common sense in a situation like that. Now, look, I don't know how you can plan for certain quirky plays that we get in major league baseball, but that one isn't that 
out of the realm of possibility where it would slip past somebody, right? That somebody was going to try to lean in and get hit with a pitch that was a strike. That play should be reviewable. Unfortunately, it's not. And the umpires, they knew it after the game that they kicked that one. And it stinks for the Marlins. And you even saw the Mets reaction. You knew that it looked like to me, that, Chris, that they felt dirty by winning the game that way. Didn't it? The way, even though they kind of celebrated a little bit and they kind of ripped the jersey off Conforto, but half the guys didn't even go out and celebrate. Yeah, and, and, and what if it comes down at the end of the year to one game? Oh, and Don Mattingly is going to be pulling his hair out if that's the case. And look, the Marlins were a playoff team last year, and they're off to a, hard, a tough start like the A's are. Look, the A's are 1-7, and seven, the Marlins are 1-6. and six, and But to lose a game that way yesterday just has to be just the most maddening, frustrating feeling for the Miami Marlins, especially when you had a two to one lead going to the bottom of the ninth inning. Yeah, that, 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 that was just, and, and, and I mean, it's still, wherever you go to ESPN or you go to MLB.com, it's still up in the top headlines. Usually something about a game would be gone by now, but it's so controversial. It's still one of the main stories in the game and that's not good for the game. It's not good for the game. When a call is as blatant and horrific as that was. At least Ron Culpa, to the pool reporters post game, admitted that, you know, they screwed that one up. But why can't they get together and on the, the four umpires on the field and say, you know what, I, I think we got that one wrong, guys. Like, I, I think that, you know what, and somebody else had to see it, you would think, especially wouldn't the second base umpire have a pretty good look at it also, you would think, because they're looking straight in at home plate that the second base umpire from that crew yesterday, DJ Rayburn, w- wouldn't he have a pretty good option? Because they went to review, but the only thing that was reviewable is if he got hit by the pitch or not. That was reviewable. And they determined quickly, that's why it was such a brief review, that, yeah, he w- was hit by the pitch, but it happened over the plate and nobody <laughs> stepped up to say, you know what, that was a strike. Is there any way the Marlins could protest? No, because it's a judgment call. It's not, it's, not a, an, it's not an error from the umpires in administering a rule, right? It's just a blown call. That's the only thing, and there's no recourse for it, unfortunately. And again, unless replay changes at some point, that's going to be the type of ruling you're going to get because there is no – uh, recourse for the Marlins to you can't protest because it's again a judgment call. It's not a wrong implement implementation of the rules. That's the only way a protest can be won. That's right. It's it's just it it, it, it it's a stain. It's a it's stain. Just, it's, yeah. It's just it it is a it is such a bad look. And man, they should have done the right thing. And it's kind of like it's kind of like the umpires were gutless to make the right call. Yeah, and uh, I, I did. I think they probably knew it at the time, but uh, uh, how do you go back on it? And once you went to the review, you couldn't change it. Once the umpires got together and didn't change that ruling, that's when the game was over. Going to the replay was only a formality to make sure Conforto got hit, which we all saw. But once the umpires got together and then they broke up that conversation, that was the ball game. Because none of those four guys 
saw exactly what transpired, and that's the issue. Absolutely brutal. All right, buddy, great stuff. We'll talk to you next Friday. See you, Chris. Let's let's get a win tonight, huh? Chaminaya, let's go. Oh, God, do we need a win. (laughs) See ya. All righty. The great Roxy Bernstein. Coming up next, it's the David Force Show right here on A's Cast Live. Now back to A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. Have you settled down, Cody, over Trevor Bauer, or is this something that's going to linger? No, I'm I'm good for now. Uh, I think I'll get over it uh, as long as he's not suspended. But if he gets suspended, Monday might start might have me starting off hot. But I I highly doubt he's going to get suspended. I doubt anything even comes from this. I just think that they're they're trying to enforce that new rule they put in for doctoring the baseball. So uh, I don't think anything's going to come of this. But you never know. Baseball is unpredictable with a lot of stuff. If he gets suspended, if he hypothetically he gets suspended. Joe Kelly gets suspended for making a pouty face at Carlos Correa and other people, but none of the Astros players get a suspension for what happened with the sign ceiling scandal. That's even a worse look on Major League Baseball for what happened. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. If this is what you if this if this is what you're suspending people for, but banging on cra- trash cans and stealing a World Series is okay. Yeah, that, unbelievable. Well, and Cassianos's uh, whole thing with the, the Cardinals, two game suspension, but no, the Astros players got in trouble. Okay, makes sense. That yeah, that 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 yeah. Now I'm going to be with you on that party. I, I'm going to be. I'll be very upset along with you. David Force, the general manager of your Oakland Athletics, joins us every single week here on A's Cast Live, and you can hear the GM show on A's Cast throughout the week. Here is David Force. Time now for the GM show, the David Force show right here on A's Cast. How are you, David? I'm doing well, Chris. How are you? Uh, doing well, especially uh, after yesterday. I, you know, it was funny. Uh, we were talking about it on the show. Like, we're, we're rooting yesterday for a victory like it was Game 7 of the World Series. It did, uh, it did feel a little more urgent than your normal uh, Wednesday afternoon game in April. Yeah, how nice was it that, you know, a bunch of guys that have been struggling all played a huge part in getting that victory yesterday. Yeah, I, I think it was more of a relief for them than anything else. I mean, look, it's we're, we're seven games in. Obviously, the first week of the season did not go the way we had hoped in, in any way. Uh, on the field, off the field, health-wise. I mean, there's, I haven't seen anything quite like this in, uh, in my time. And, and just everything that could possibly go wrong did. Um, that said, yesterday uh, yesterday was a, a really nice uh, walk-off win for everybody going on the road. We got three more tough games against the Astros. So to see you know see Chap get a couple hits, to see Moreland contribute, uh, Elvis with a big sack fly in the ninth when he's obviously gotten off to a rough start. Uh, just a lot of things came together yesterday to, to hopefully wipe away some of the, the grimness of the first six days. How tough is it as a front office to deal with so many injuries this early? You know, what's hard is you just sort of feel like you're in this kind of like emergency mode. You, you can't even sort of focus on, you know, the, the, the minutiae on the field and the things you want to do better because, that, you know, every, every night I'm in Bob's office trying to figure out 
where do we get healthy bodies from? And, and you know, a lot of these things were sort of free things. You know, Ramon dives into the bag, Murph gets hit by the pitch, Ole slides into the wall, um, you know, things that you just, you can't prevent, you can't plan for. So uh, we never like to feel like we're in that mode where, you know, we're just kind of patching holes rather than really trying to sort of put our, our best foot forward. So uh, it's frustrating. Um, again, every team deals with it, and uh, and you, you know that's why you you try and build as much depth as you can. But you'd like to get into a, to a place where you're, you know things are more stable, and you're not dealing with that every night. Yeah, when we had Trevor Rosenthal on A's Cast Live right at the start of spring training, he talked about how well he threw the ball in Kansas City and San Diego, how he didn't want the season to end last year because he was throwing the ball so well, and just so sad that that he got hurt. And I, I believe he's going to have the surgery. If that's the case, when do you think we could possibly see him back? Yeah, he is going to have the surgery. And, um, yeah, it's disappointing. I mean, he did. He threw the ball well at the beginning of camp, too. And then uh, it seems like these symptoms kind of popped up out of nowhere. Um, it, you know, it's hard to say. I think there's, there's certainly hope for uh, sometime in August is probably, uh, you know, but everyone's protocol is a little different and, you know, timeline's different based on how the surgery goes. So just, uh, yeah, just very, you know, disappointing as, as excited as we were to, to add Trevor to the team. And as much as it sort of made sense to, uh, you know, to put him back there, uh, just, yeah, a little, a little opening day disappointment for everybody. Do you see it as a situation to where, okay, certain guys are going to have to step up. And I, the two guys I really think of right now, and you tell me what the game plan is, but two guys, obviously Jake Geekman, the other is throwing the ball real well is Lou Trevino. Yeah. Lou's done a really nice job this first week um, and, and got some big outs yesterday to keep that game where it was. So um, I don't think we really know yet how it shakes out. I mean, I think we've got uh, a lot of guys sort of, feeling their way around right now, including, you know, Romo and Petit and, and Wendell can all pitched in various roles this week. And, and obviously UC did a great job in the 10th inning yesterday to, uh, to get the win. But um, yeah, that's kind of where we were uh, before signing Trevor. Is, is it some undefined roles and, and Bob and Emo really having to, to have their sort of finger on the pulse of who's throwing the ball well to know uh, where guys spots are. You know, it is pretty amazing in a world now where everybody's throwing 100 miles an hour, at least like 97, 98 or even over 100 miles an hour. You know, the steady Eddie go to guy. Yes, Merrill Petit. He's he's not even throwing 90. But boy, does he come through for you day in and day out. And his durability is amazing. Yeah, he had a really nice day yesterday, obviously, after uh you know, getting hit a little bit out in his first time out. But, yeah, he, look, he and Sergio have been doing this a long time. They've got a lot of moxie. Uh, you know, Serge came out yesterday and, and gave up a few hits right away. But then you see, you know, second and third, nobody out. He gets out of the jam. So uh, there's there's a lot to be said for, for their experience and their trust in their stuff. And, again, Bob's got, you know, a sort of changing dynamic down there, even with – with injuries, with Birch being hurt and, and kind of mixing guys in and out. So, uh, you know, we're going to have to sort of be fluid down there with when guys pitch. You know, we finally got to see A.J. Puck, and, and he, obviously he pitched well and gave you some innings. Where do you see his role going forward right now with the team? 
I think it it remains to be seen uh, what the best role is for AJ and and how we can keep him healthy. So, um, yeah, he, he gave us a nice little shot in the arm the other day with with three plus innings coming in behind Frankie. Um, but obviously, the you know the issue with AJ is is keeping an eye on him, keeping him healthy, and uh, and you know wherever he can he can add uh, would be great. But I, I think we have to be careful with him. You know, when you start thinking about evaluating the roster, how many games is it a month? There's X amount of games where you want to kind of let it play out before you think you got to start tinkering and make some moves. What What is that timeline? <laughs> well, it's definitely more than six. So we figured <laughs> that out. We figured that out this week. Uh, really, it's, it's so hard at the beginning of the season because, um, you know, you want to sort of – make judgments as quickly as possible and do, you know, do whatever you can. I mean, we, as a front office, we sat up in our suite all week, just, you know, trying to kick ideas. What can we do? How can we change this? What can we jumpstart? And sometimes you have to sit back and be patient. And, and, you know, we certainly saw that yesterday that, you know, it's just some of these things, you just got to let them play out. So um, I don't know that there's a great answer to that question. It's it's a month, maybe. I mean, we've historically, you know, the, the famous thing Billy's always talked about, you know, two months to evaluate your team, two months to make changes, and two months to sit back and watch. So um, that said, we like being proactive. I want to make sure that, that Bob has all the weapons he needs every day. And, um, you know, we're, the conversation is constant, really. Like, wh- where can we make changes? Where can we – sort of upgrade here and there but but these guys look they all had a great spring it's it's funny I mean we we talk constantly about how spring training doesn't really mean much I mean the one guy who couldn't buy a hit during spring training was Mark Kenna and through five games he was the one guy who had good at bats and got on base eight times and, uh you just never know what happens when the when the you know you sort of flip that switch so you, you got to give everything time and sit back and let these things play out and, and we knew we knew coming into this, we were playing 10 games right out of the shoot against maybe two of the best teams in the game. So uh, you can't jump, jump to any conclusions and, and, and let these guys get settled, find their roles. And, uh, let's give it some time before we, uh, before we make any, or come to any conclusions. I'm glad you brought up Mark Canna. We have a nickname for him here on Ace Cast Live. It's duct tape. It's like whatever, yep. Bob, whatever's broken, if you need him to DH, if you need him to play center, you got to play left. You got I me mean, wherever. And now leadoff. Mark Hanna's your leadoff hitter. It's just amazing his versatility. It is. I know you and I talked about it all all last year and, and his ability to do different things. And, you know, there's so many things to like about Mark. I mean, he, like I said, he really struggled in spring training. and But he's smart enough. He, he's a veteran enough player to know, like, he didn't get worried about it. He didn't complain about leadoff. In fact, in fact, he specifically told Bob at one point, he's like, look, I know I'm not struggling because you're putting me in the leadoff spot this spring. I know that's not it. So he, he kind of was patient and worked through it. And, um, and he can do all those things. And, and he plays hard, too. I know, I know Ramon gets a lot of attention for playing hard and, and running through walls and, and things like that. But, but Mark's out there busting his butt constantly. And in fact, we – you know, in these, these, this day and age where we can measure everything and we keep track of 
of guys' workload and, and really the amount of ground they cover between running on the bases and running the outfield. I mean, Mark in those first like five or six games basically doubled the output of every other guy on the roster in terms of in terms of how much ground he covered. And, and part of that was because he was just on base more than anybody else. But uh, you saw Bob give him the day in the DH spot yesterday just because we knew we needed to get him off his feet a little bit because he's been working hard this first week. When do you think we'll see Mike Fires? We're getting closer. Uh, he's got another start here uh, for that alternate site team in the next couple of days. He felt really good after his first one. So I would think before the end of the month for sure. And, and Mike feels great. He looks like that, you know, that back issue is behind him. And uh, it'll be nice to add him to the mix, hopefully here before the end of April. How nice is it for the alternate site guys that they actually get to take on the Giants and instead of just playing <laughs> yourself constantly, you get to see fresh meat? Yeah, I know it's a it's a huge improvement from what they did last year. So they were, uh, I know they were on the bus yesterday up to Rayleigh Field or or whatever they're calling it these days to play a real game, and uh, it keeps it keeps things fresh there. And, and now we've got a handful of those guys on the road trip with us, taxi squatters. So hopefully, hopefully this only lasts a month, and, and hopefully we get them enough kind of fresh action that that when that AAA season starts, they hit the ground running. It, 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 it's very important. And, uh, you know, someone like Fran Reardon and his staff and, and the, the coaching that goes on and the development that still goes on, this alternate site, wouldn't you say, is it's still very important. As you said, at some point, we're going to have a minor league season. Yeah, it is. And it's, um, you know, there's minor league camp going on in Arizona. We've got this camp going in Stockton. So many of these guys, you know, as we've talked about, you know, haven't played in over a year. The, the entire minor league season was wiped out in 2020. And, um, and, and you see how important they are to, uh, to us. And, and we've already, you know, we've already brought up a number of guys this year uh, from that site. And, and you just you got to find ways to stay ready because when you're called on the big leagues, you know, you got to produce. And we saw Seth Brown get in the lineup yesterday, already hit the ball hard a couple times, make the catch in left field. And, and those kind of things don't happen unless you're taking, you know, you're taking your work seriously at the alternate site and, and you are ready when that call comes. Let's end on this because now your team's going on the road. And I think what a lot of people don't realize is that 2021 is still a lot like 2020 to where, you know, th there are things you don't want your guys doing on the road. It's not like, well, Texas is open. Let's all go to a bar. I mean, it's still, you know, you, you want the guys staying in their hotel room. If they're going to eat out, uh, you want them to at least just do outdoor dining. Just talk about how it, it still is the testing. It's still very similar to last year. It is without a doubt. And, and we, you know, we have a meeting every time before we go on the road you have a meeting to talk about the rules and the protocols, and, and look, we've we've already seen it with the Nationals having their you know their whole their whole first series canceled and missing a number of guys off their roster still. That there's still opportunity out there, unfortunately, to to contract the virus and, and let it in your clubhouse. So you got to be diligent on the road, like you said, stay in the hotels. We're providing meals there. Hopefully, just going back and forth to the ballpark. Um, you know, Major League Baseball is doing a good job with uh, with keeping keeping the rules in place um, and hopefully as, as more guys continue to get vaccinated and, and you know we, we get 
to a point where where we feel safe that you know we can relax some of these protocols. But in the meantime, yeah, the road trips are going to be rough. These guys are, are in their hotels. They're, they're they're not doing much other than playing baseball. So there's a constant reminder for them out there. Great stuff as always. We'll talk to you next week. All right, Tony. Thanks a lot. Yeah, that's something that, you know, I, I know everybody said, I just can't wait to get out of 2020. But, you know, for baseball, it's very similar. They don't want these guys in Ubers. If you're going to go eat, they want you walking there and not far from the hotel. The testing's still going on. Not everybody's been vaccinated. Not all players want to take the vaccination. So they're going to be in this protocol until baseball feels it's safe. Are you ready for a little buying or selling there, Cody? It's time for buying or selling. Sell, sell. Right now with Chris Townsend on A's Cast Live. I mean, I saw something today that I have we haven't seen yet for players not playing in, line, in lineups. Evan Longoria and I believe Gio Urshela from the Yankees both were held out of the lineup today because they were having side effects from the vaccine. So it's good to see that the players are getting, they're getting vaccinated, but they're having side effects. So they're, I think they're available to pinch hit, but uh, they weren't playing because of uh, side effects from getting the vaccine. So that is that. Yeah. I saw Urshel. I didn't, I didn't know that was uh, with uh, Longoria. That's interesting. You know, my, my, my wife had a high fever and chills and she had a fever for like two days. Yeah. I finally know someone now uh, they got the Johnson and Johnson vaccine so i'm kind of curious to find out how that works out because that's the first person i've heard get that one um so i want to see how it works out but yeah evan longori was in the lineup today for the giants home opener but he i think he was available to pinch hit if if needed but um but he those side effects from the vaccine same with our shell at the yankees so opening this is going back to opening day opening day is a great day for everyone well everyone that isn't named josh donaldson if you remember donaldson signed a four-year 92 million dollar deal with the twins in the offseason of 2019 he played in 28 games in 2020 and 52 in 2018, but he did have a huge 2019 season that landed him that contract with the Twins. You remember, he was great with the Braves. Well, he left the game on opening day versus the Brewers after the first inning with a hamstring with hamstring tightness. Well, he was later placed on the injured list already. Now, he was held out of spring training with 10 of his 19 track batted balls. He was doing really well in spring training with his how well he was hitting the ball. But when he sprinted out of the batter's box last Thursday and rounded first base, he appeared to slow down and limp on his way to second. I'm going to ask you, I know you're a Donaldson guy, buying or selling the Twins will regret signing Josh Donaldson. I'm buying. It's a lot of money for a guy that just cannot stay healthy. You know, he's he's getting up there in age. 35. Yeah, he's not in his 20s anymore. And whether it's the hamstring or it's the calf, it, there there always seems to be something. And as and as I'm writing his name in my scorebook right now, that's kind of the tricky thing for the Astros and Carlos Correa. Is he a great talent? No question. But he's never been able to stay healthy. How much money are you going to get a guy that's never healthy for a full season? Well, um, that's a great lead into the next one. Uh as we're talking about former Astros, ever kid, I can't say healthy. Uh, just as George Springer was nearing his return from a left oblique, uh, oblique strain, the Blue Jays star center fielder felt tightness in his right quad while running the bases on Tuesday. The new a- a injury cut Springer's base running session short, and he underwent an MRI. 
the Blue Jays are waiting on it, but um, apparently he's injured again. He, here's what manager Charlie Montoyo said. He did the live batting practice and everything was fine. Then it was time for him to run the bases, and when he was running the bases, he felt a tightness in the quad and stopped. As the day went on, he felt okay. This is not just a cramp, and then that's when he got the MRI. Springer has played over 150 games just once in his career, and that was in 2016 when he played in all 162 games for the Astros. Buying or selling George Springer will play at least one full healthy season in Toronto. How many years? Uh, what was that? A, was it five or six year deal? I think it was six. I'll he's, sell. I, I, he, he's hurt every year. And, right? he's, and he's 31 already, too. Don't forget yeah, that. Yeah, I'm selling that. Okay, last one because we're almost out of time. Uh, Aaron Judge was out, of, was out of the Yankees lineup uh, the other day for precautionary reasons, and he didn't play. Again, and he didn't play again today for the Yankees as they lost to the Rays down at Tampa. But he um, he received treatment for soreness in his left side. Now he experienced the soreness on in Tuesday's seven-two win over the Orioles, according to Aaron Boone. He he homered in the second straight game, but he appeared to run the bases with some discomfort. I think it's just the general wear and tear of the first several days," said Aaron Boone who characterized it as general soreness. Boone said that he did not want to have Judge push through the soreness with a scheduled team off day yesterday. Boone said he does not anticipate Judge will be sent for any test, but he didn't play today. Judge will be 29 years old this year and is a free agent in 2023. Judge has played in over 115 games just once, the year he won Rookie of the Year in 2017. Buying or selling Aaron Judge will get a long-term deal in New York. Uh, he's such a po popular player. I'll buy. I think he definitely gets one. But he's another guy. Can never stay healthy. It's a lot of money paying these guys to 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 be on the IL and rehab. It's a lot of money some of these guys are collecting. Hey, at least John Carlos healthy. Okay, well, I mean for now, it's still early. Yeah, for now. It's still early. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> wait, wait for the weekend to come. Let Let's see what happens over the weekend. Yeah, we'll see that how he, we'll see how he performs at the Trop. It's always a. Uh, Interesting place for players to go play. All right, what are we playing next? We're gonna everyone's gonna hear the Cobra, Dave Parker, next before you come on for Ace Total Access at four ten. Thank you for listening, everybody. Sorry it was such a quick show, but this is what happens when the team goes on the road. You're gonna hear from one of the greats, and then we'll be back with A's Total Access. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.